What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I think, you know, the people want to be an entrepreneur. They want to be successful in the overnight. But the entrepreneurship or business is not the overnight process. It's a long process. And it's have a lot of up and down in their life. I have, I don't have any vacations. I don't have any, I never been to the outlet mall. But now I can afford anything. I can afford to go any vacation now. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Right, all right, hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode, and I am here on location with three of the how many team members you guys have now? Four, 14? 14. 14 team members of Blue Dolphin Transport. Blue Dolphin Transport, not transportation, right? Transport. Transport. All right. So you guys have an extremely amazing story, man. You guys started your business during the pandemic, uh, not too long ago in 2020. You have an intermodal company. You started with four trucks and you've grown up to 40 trucks now, um, exploded in revenues and so forth and so on. And we'll talk about that. Um, Man, crazy. First of all, thank you for inviting me. Thank thank you for having me here. I, I really appreciate it. And uh we'll 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 start off kind of getting into some into some introductions so everybody can know who you guys are. And we're gonna we're gonna get into the story, man, which I think is a really amazing one that people need to hear. So let's start uh going right down the line with you, Sean. Introduce yourself, tell the people who you are. Hey, um, my name is Sean. Uh, I'm from Nepal and we started this company in May of twenty twenty. We're here today, and we will see you today. Thanks no, for coming. No doubt, no doubt. PG. Oh, uh, hello and namaste. Uh, my name is PG, and my full name is Pradeep Gurung. We're from Nepal, the country of big mountains. And I think we have a topest mountain in the world called Mount Everest. We belong to the country of Mount Everest. Mount Everest. Yeah, I'm, I'm a president, and I'm a chair, chairman of this company. Nice, nice. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. We all good. Joseph. Uh, my name's Joe Doughty. I'm the terminal manager. I work for these gentlemen. Um, we've helped them develop this business, um, the Blue Dolphin Transportation Company. No doubt. And Joe has the the sultry, sultry uh, radio voice. You know what I mean? He's Coming like, to you live. Was it the quiet storm? <laughs> <laughs> he has a quiet storm. All right. All right, guys. So this your story is really amazing. Just kind of, you know, being in your office setting and seeing what you guys have built in such a short amount of time. It's truly amazing. Congratulations on that, first of all. And we want to kind of kind of get into the story. Uh, Nepal. First of all, you said that's where Mount Everest is at, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so let's kind of start uh, with with your backstory a little bit, PG, because you and Sean are partners. You guys started this company together, but I want to kind of get into your backstory a bit. Tell us about coming from Nepal, man. When did you come to the U.S.? 
Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I arrived in the U.S. in the, I think 2015, July 15. I have a flight from my native country, Nepal. We have a, uh, that's why I arrived in the New York like a 2015, July 16. I came to New York and that's why I stayed moved to here. Why, why, why did you come to Why did you come to New York? For a better future, better prosperity, land of opportunity to Got grab you. this opportunity. So, how old were you when you came to New York? I think I was like a. Now I'm a 42, so I think like a 37, 38. Okay, so so not too long ago, maybe yeah. like a little bit under 10 years ago. No, uh, no, but I was be here like a 2015 means seven years. Six, okay, six, six, six and a half. So six so seven years. What were you doing in Nepal before you came to New York? I was a. Uh, to be honest, yeah, when I was in my native country, uh, I do a small business. Uh, but every time I fail in my business, uh, I was bankrupt in my business in my native country. I lost my parents a lot of money. I think if you calculate in the dollar, it's close to be like a two to five millions money. I lost bankrupt in my native country. So, what type of business was that? Uh, you know, uh, uh, still we have here. It's called a concrete block. Concrete block. Yeah. Okay. You know the every I think big building. Uh, I think the most of the United States house, if you look in the foundations, yeah, they use a concrete block. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if they going to build a big warehouse, the exterior wall they use a concrete block, right? Okay. Yeah. So I have a small factory in my native country. Uh, I run in the two place, my two factory. But you know, in in my native country, there is a lot of corruptions, lot of competition. So on that time, I'm a little bit young age, so I can't be success on that business. So mm -hmm. I fail and a bankrupt. Got you. So you started that concrete um, company yourself, or was that uh, something that your parents had and and then you kind of took it over? Uh, actually, to be honestly, that that business, one business, one factory uh, was starting with my father and myself, but on the second factory. I did myself. You did yourself. Yeah. Okay. Got you. So you started that business, but that business failed. You said exactly. you you were basically bankrupt. Bankrupt. And you you were looking for a new opportunity. So you said, let me just get out of Nepal and let me move to New York. Why Why did you choose New York? Uh, you know, uh, every underdeveloping country or developing country, most of their peoples they like to come to the big country like a United States or Canada or Australia or Europe uh, to make their brighter future. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of my reasons. Got you. Okay, so when you come to New York, do you have family here? Do you uh, know anybody here? Uh, yeah, I have a lot of friends here from okay. my native country. But, you know, when you are bankrupt, when you are very poor, they're going to help you. Right. So That's, a, that's a true. So, so, so what did you do? What did you do when you first came? Uh, I work in a restaurant. Uh, I went to the one uh, Indian restaurant as a waiter. I think they fired me within a five or six days. Wow. So you literally went from having a, a, a pretty substantially big business in Nepal, yeah. right? Because that would be considered like a big business, right? Yeah. To coming to U.S. and pretty much starting with nothing. Nothing. Zero. And you were a waiter? Yeah, waiter. Okay, so you started out as a waiter and you said they fired you. Wow, were you dropping plates? What was going on? No, no. <laughs> Why they fire you? What'd you do, man? You know, when you become an entrepreneur in your past, everything you want to do be 100%, right? So when I work in other restaurants, uh, I'm trying to do 100%, but there is already some people's who are working in that restaurant from last two, three, four, five years, I don't know. And they have, you know, 
different kind of attitude. Hey, you are a newcomer, so why you do this? Right. So, so that, people were kind of like picking on you a little bit. Exactly. Got you. All right. So let's stop there with, with you, right? And we're gonna get back to that. We're gonna stop at the restaurant um, with you getting fired. Yeah. All right. Now we're gonna go to you, Sean. Sean, are you're from Nepal as well? Yes. When did you come over into the U.S.? I came here in 2013. Okay. When I was just 18. 18 years old. Okay. Yes. What'd you come over here for? The college or? Uh, I'll say college, but uh, there's a program called Diversity Visa Program. It's a long process. You have to select it online and all that. That's how I came through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. So when you first came over here, you were in that program? And yes, it's how, like it's called diversity visa program. You have diversity to diversity visa. Yeah, yeah, you have to apply online, and then you will be selected. After that, there are a few processes. Like a lot of people apply for that. Okay, you just need to be lucky. Okay, yeah. so you so you got lucky, and when you came over here, what did you do? Um, my uncle was here, so I came in North Carolina first, and then I moved to Virginia and started working in a restaurant. Okay, yeah. so you're in a restaurant also. Now, did you guys meet in a restaurant? No. no. Okay, guys, because he's in New York and he's in, yeah. in Virginia. We met in 2017 or 2018. Yeah. 2017, 2018, where'd you, like that. Where'd you yeah. guys meet? How'd you, how'd you meet? In Norfolk. So we were living in the same apartment. Okay, so same. you eventually moved from New York. Is this No, what happened? New York, I just arrived in the New York <laughs> International Airport in the morning and one of my friend in my native country, but it's like a brother and friend, and he pick up me from the airport, and thereafter, uh, he take me on some restaurant to take some food, and thereafter in the evening, it's like a 3 p.m. or 5 p.m., we have a bus from the uh, New York to Norfolk, straight bus. Directly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so when you were working in the restaurants, it wasn't in New York, it no, was in Norfolk. 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 Yeah. Okay, got you. So you're working in, in Norfolk in the restaurants, you get fired, you're working in the restaurants also. So now, where did you guys meet? Did you have a, a, a mutual friend? How did how'd you meet? So we're from the same country, so we had kind of community. Let's say we're from Nepal, so we have a very small population who's from Nepal. So we pretty much know everybody okay. who's from Nepal, who currently living in this area. That's how we met. Okay. And then we were like neighbors, like outdoor was. I was in apartment 13, you was in 14, 14. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So we were real close. And at this time, you guys are both working in a yeah. restaurant when you first met? No. Or you had left the restaurant already? No, I was uh, I was already a truck driver at that time. Okay. And he was a manager of the restaurant. Okay, so he's managing a restaurant. So you become a truck driver. Why do you become a truck driver? What makes you interested in trucks? You know, when you become an entrepreneur in the past, you have a, always be hunger to become something on the future, right? And when I was working the restaurant, when I work in the gas stations, I think I, I, a little bit I work in a gas station, a little bit work in the jewelry store. Uh, that's in uh, Norfolk. There's a big, now that mall is going to be dead. Okay. That time is very popular. It's called a military circle mall. Okay. And there's a one jewelry store that's run by the uh, Indian peoples. Uh, and he, he gave me a job and on the to be honestly on the my beginning time that jewelry helped me a lot okay yeah. selling jewelry so, selling jewelry okay. I, don't, I don't know anything about the diamonds i don't know anything about the jewelry yeah but uh due to my family i have a small daughter so he gave me uh, some job to survive you know so you're selling jewelry in 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 the u.s in norfolk now are you selling jewelry to mostly American people, right? Yeah. Now, as people can hear, you know, your, your English isn't perfect, but yeah. it's getting there. So how did you get over the hurdle of being able to sell to people with not the best English? Yeah. It's very hard for me on the beginning. 
still my English is not good because he is very young. Yeah. When he came on the United States, I think he's he was like a 18 or 19. So he, he, he easily improved and upgraded himself. Right. right. But when you cross like a early 40s, you come to United States, it's very hard to improve yourself. Right. So that's the reason I think still my English is not good than this guy's and the yeah. I mean, it's good. It's yeah. it's it's getting there. But yeah. uh, but but my thing is, how did you? Because you're selling to people. Selling to people is difficult for people who speak English perfectly. Yeah. So what what techniques did you use to be? Because you said you did pretty good selling jewelry. So what were you doing to convince people to buy jewelry from you? And when you couldn't really speak the language that well, like yeah. what did you do for it to sell? Because I'm sure this has something to do with what you probably do now in sales, right? Yeah. Like it all comes together. So I'm just trying to understand, like, what were some of your techniques that you used? I mean, uh, you know, my boss, uh, he's very well experienced on the jewelry business. So he give me some techniques. And I mean, whenever I have got some bigger problems, I call him, hey, bro. So he came on next to me and he helped me. Got so you. Like that way, I, I learned a little bit. He would assist you a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and exactly. he had no choice. That's the only job he had. Yeah. Either you go broke or he had to do something. Right. So I think for that reason too, he did at least somehow he survived. Yeah, yeah. That no, yeah. I, I love that. All right. So... Now you're the manager at the restaurant, right? You guys meet and he's selling, you're selling jewelry at this no, time? No, at that time he had. Oh, no, we he was doing yeah. trucks. Okay, so how do you start driving trucks? Uh, here is the thing. Like, compared to me, he's a little bit lucky guy because he came to United States very early years, one thing, right? And when he came to United States, he have already the, the immigration status. He, he have his own green card, but I came on a visitor visa. I came on the United States as a tourist and he came alone. So it's, it's, it's very easy for the young people who came alone in this United States, right? But I have uh, my wife and I have uh, my younger, uh, my elder daughter was six months old when I came to United States. So, you know, my wife is not be able to go work. You know, we have already daughter. At the same time, my another daughter was born so i have a two very little girl my elder daughter was when i was a truck driver my little uh, my elder daughter was like a two years old and my younger daughter just born when i start driving a truck so it's very hard for my wife yeah if i remember correctly he left his wife was he left his baby whole seven days seven days seven his baby days. was yeah, seven days and he had to leave her home and yeah. go for a trip so, so are you driving over the road at oh, this yes. point? Yeah. Yes, at okay. the time. Who are you driving for? U.S. Express. So you start with U.S. Express. Yeah. Did they did they train you and everything? Did exactly. you like get your uh, CDL through U.S. Express and they trained you? No, no. I tra I take a CDL school here in Norfolk. Okay. That call. All right, guys. Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. Uh... I forget the name. It's very popular. Okay. School. Okay. What um, year is this, by the way? It's like a fifteen or sixteen. Two thousand fifteen. Two thousand sixteen. Okay. Nineteen sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So you start driving over the road. You leave your your wife and your young young child at yeah. the time. Basically, you got to go on the road and make some money. So yeah, tell me a little bit about that experience driving over the road. How was that for you? It's beginning is very tough. 
Uh, I think when I left my house on the first time with my wife, uh, my elder daughter was two years and my younger daughter was just born and I left like seven days. My wife was pregnant. So I back home after 70 days. 70 days? Yeah. Your first time out for 70 days? 70 days. Wow. Wow. The reason behind that, I think most of the people, they do this. uh, Because when I left my home, if I come back after 45 days, they have a $1,000 bonus. If you come back home after 70 days, they have like a two gram bonus. Gotcha. So the benefit benefit of that bonus, you know, I the money, money, the right, money. right, right. So, 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 okay. So you stay out for 70 days. You're, you're working. Um, tell me about the progression of that. Like just working for us express. How long do you stay with them? It's like a, a one and a half year. Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you a good driver? Did, did, did you get along well with management? How was that relationship? Uh, to be honestly, I was not a very good driver. <laughs> <laughs> got you, got you. Before US Express, I was uh, I went to the one company in the Oklahoma Tulsa. Okay, it's a company called Melton. Okay, uh, they they are a flatbed company. Okay, and they give us a flight tickets. We go there. No, no, on that time they give me the bus ticket. Okay, from here to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it takes like a three days on the. Uh, what do you call it? Greyhorn bus? Right, on a bus. It, yeah, Greyhorn bus. It takes three days. Literally, it takes three days to reach from Norfolk to Tulsa. Wow. Yeah. And uh, after uh, the second day, they take me, uh, what do you call this? The small interview for yeah. the, all orientation. the orientation. The orientation. Orientation yep. for yep. The, all the new drivers, the just graduate from a CDL school. And, you know, we are like a uh, 30, 40 drivers yeah and they fire like a five drivers on next day <laughs> they fire five drivers yeah. next day. Uh, oh and wow next day, and they say hey you have to go back and we don't have choice got you got you okay so you said you're with us express for a year and about a year and a half yeah all right so after that are you going do you go to another company uh you know the us express is the over the road company yeah. they don't have a local correct so Next to my apartment, there is a, my neighbor, and he's one of the friend uh, from uh, the Asian country called India. He was a local truck driver, so he go every day drive a truck every evening, go back on a home, and Monday to Friday work, and every weekend he spend time with his family. And my wife say, "Hey, why don't you choose that kind of you work? Know, work? Yeah. Why don't you go away f- from a family like a, at least two weeks, one month, forty five days? You know." So I said, okay, let's try. So there was a company called TTSI. Um, they're originally they are based in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, you know, the Los Angeles port is very big port in the United States, right? Yeah. So a lot of news about them right now. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. So I apply on that company. They hire me, and but unfortunately, I have a truck rollover. Mm, you had a rollover accident. Yeah. Okay. So my truck is rollover. And my truck was in the shop for like a uh, four month. Okay. Again, I'm a bankrupt. Wow. <laughs> and I went to back to the gas station to work for the that transition period. Okay. And it was very hard. Got you. So now you have a rollover, you have an accident, you have to go back to the gas station. And I'm assuming with that accident, it's probably hard for you to get another job. Exactly. Right? Because... Mm-hmm. Another company is not going to really hire somebody with an accident of that nature. Of that yeah. nature. So is that when you and Sean start talking about 
starting Blue Dolphin? Yeah, he came to me and discussed about starting a trucking company, I think in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, 2017. At this time, you're, yeah. you're working at the gas station? Yeah, I was working yeah. at the gas station. Okay, you, I was working you guys the, both were? Yeah, I was in a different gas station. He worked in a gas station for a little bit, just to that time frame between fire and hire again, okay. between two companies. Okay. And I was in a restaurant. I left the restaurant and I went to school, college, TCC for electrical engineering. Okay. I was doing some classes and I was working at the gas station. And we were a neighbor living at the same apartment at the same time. So I think the part of the region we're together because we both work hard. Right. I was at the gas station working seven days a week and then I was going to college too, full time. Mm. Got you. That's how we met and we discussed about starting a trucking company. He was still working in a company called... Forward Air. Forward Air. They used to call CST. He was the highest grocer over there. He was the one who was making most money among the drivers they Mm. had at that time. And I was working hard too. So in 2020, January or February, I bought my first truck through him he helped me out on those things so i didn't know nothing about trucking he's the one who so like what is chassis what is bucktail what is truck what is trucking and everything right and then in 2020 february i bought my second truck, second truck. he already had three truck at that time okay so truck. so so hold on because you, when you said he helped you buy your first truck so he already had a truck Right. Yeah. Had a truck. Okay. So we didn't. We skipped that part of the story. At what time did you buy your truck? What What happened there? Because you went. You okay. Went, so you went back to the gas station yeah. after the accident. Yeah. How? What did you? How, talk to me about getting that first truck. Okay. Uh, I was in the college, and then uh, we were talking almost every day, like kind of neighbor, right? We would meet almost every day. Yeah. Because he was doing a local trucking, so he's home. So he was talking to me about opening our own trucking company mm-hmm. from 2017 I kind of didn't listen to him until 2018 2019 he still discussed he still forced me like hey Sean let's go ahead and do it I think we can make it happen right so and then I was working at the gas station and he was doing a local trucking company so in 2020 and he called me one day I was working at the gas station he said Sean I think it's a time to go ahead and start a company right let's buy your first truck right so first truck I think we buy it through Excel. Excel. It was a 2016 Fretliner. Okay. So at this point, you haven't bought a truck yet, PG. He so, had a truck. So yeah, you yeah. you had a truck already. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So when did you buy your first truck? Not in 2020, before that, right? Yeah. Uh, let me let me start like this way. Uh, you know, people love to hear the success of the story, right? But people they don't know about the how how many times you fail in the past. How many times you reject in the past, right? That's the main thing, you know. When I went to the over the road, I was fired from a US experience. Everywhere I was fired, everywhere I was a rejection, everywhere I ever failed. And that bring me to go to the next level. Right. right. <coughs> you know, uh, I think when I was in the over the road, that time is a paper log. The e-log is just starting. Right. Right. Uh, and you know everybody is hungry to make more money right when you far away from your family you definitely be desired to make more money right so I cheat with e-log so US Airways they catch me mm. and I was in Chicago I, I think I was somewhere in the up New York and they called me on the Chicago terminal and they bring the, all the load and my truck on the Chicago terminals and there was a terminal manager 
and she called me in the office and said, hey, you cheat the e-log, is the FMCC rules and drugs and you're going to be fired. So, okay. right. so I rent a car and take my all this stuff on the truck and I move to here in Norfolk. And therefore I apply on the local company and they uh, hire me. Right. And therefore I don't have a truck, right? If I go to drive for some other trucks, the trucks are so nasty. And I learn uh, on the automatic transmission. I don't I don't know how to drive a manual truck. I, I don't like to drive a manual truck. And in the intermodal trucking, most of the truck company, you know, Joe, is yeah, a very nasty and very old truck, like a 2002, <clears throat> 2005 models, and they, they are not a good truck. So I decided to buy my own truck. But, you know, when you are, when you don't have a, enough experience, the none of the bank going to be finance you. It's very tough on the beginning to finance by the bank. And therefore, we have a lot of people from our native country in this area. Uh, I found this young guy is an honest guy. When I request somebody, hey, can you help me? Say no, right? But this guy always tell me, hey, brother, if you need any help, don't be hesitant. Come to me. Right. But I would feel shocked, you know. The guy who is 10, 12, 15 years younger than me, he offering me money without any relations. And that honesty bring me to attract him. Mm. So that's the reason I offer him, hey, let's do business together. Got you. Got you. So 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 you so you buy so you have one truck and then you come to him and you say, Hey, you should get a truck also. Exactly. So now that truck that you have you're running that under somebody else's authority at the time? Exactly. So you could have you because you wanted to buy your own truck because exactly. you didn't really like the trucks that everybody had. Exactly. So you're running as an owner-operator under their authority. Exactly. And are you running intermodal at this at this point? Exactly. Okay. I spent like a, a one and a half year with uh, the company called CHT. Okay. Later on, that company was acquisitioned by the big tr uh, the trucking company called Forward Air. Yeah. So I worked for them like a one and a half year. So on that period... Uh, when I joined that company, my paycheck was the in the bottom. So later on, my always my paycheck is at the top. No one beat me on that time. Got you, got you, because yeah. you were running. Yeah, he was the hardest working yeah. one. He was the hardest working yeah. one, and I'm sure he's showing you those those checks and those yeah. settlements and exactly. showing you week, yeah. the kind of money that could be made in, yeah. the, in, the, business. in the business. So now yeah. you're like, hey, uh, you know, that's something that I'd be interested in, yeah. right? Yeah. So now he convinces you to buy a truck. You're not a yeah. driver. Yeah. But he says we can make some money here. Money. Right? So you so you get your first truck now. Yeah. Okay. And January we January, February, I bought my first truck cash. Okay. Whatever money I had, I just put it in. You remember how much that was? Um I'll say fifty fifty thousand. Fifty thousand okay. dollars. Cash. How'd you get fifty thousand dollars? You saved that money up yeah. from working in a restaurant. Like, like, like PZ yeah. told me in the beginning, right? I was by myself. I didn't have many expenses. He had a whole family. His wife, his two daughters, him. So he was. It was difficult for him. It was not for me. I was saving up my apartment with somebody. So I was saving money, making money at the time. So okay, that's okay. all. Okay, got you. So you buy your truck, and who's who drives your truck? Uh, so what we did was the first truck. That was around pandemic. Uh, I think February twenty twenty. Yeah, March. I think twenty twenty was a yeah. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So our first truck. So you bought the truck before the pandemic. You didn't know the pandemic was coming. No, right. We didn't know. So and then we leased that truck to CST. Okay. And he find a driver. And we put that driver. I think he worked there for two weeks. For some reason, they terminated our truck. Okay. From that, they said, I don't know, the driver didn't work or yeah, something. Yeah, driver is not yeah. work properly. That's why they said, hey, no, we don't want you. 
Okay. So we had to keep that. So you trust. lease them on to the same company that you yeah. work for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So that time we don't have any choice. Right. Yeah. yeah right. That's where, the, that's where the that's where the yeah. that's where the money's at. That's exactly. where your customers. Yeah. So you go put them there. Makes yeah. sense. Go ahead. So when happens? I buy my first truck, we were already in the process of buying a second truck. Okay. So I think second truck we made a twenty thousand down payment. Exactly. And then bought that second truck. By that time, the Blue Dolphin was a closed company. Somebody couldn't run this company. And then PZ find these people and we start talking to them. And this company was almost closed. They didn't have nothing. Mm. There was no operation, but the authority was there. And then we came here and we talked to these people. And then we bought this company for okay. 10 grand. Stop right there. Why did you buy a company that was already existing, even though it didn't really have many assets, right? Mm -hmm. You spent 10 grand and why didn't you form your own company and start something brand new? I think the part of the reason was we didn't know much about it, exactly. but at least there was an office, there was a space, there was a yard. They, they had have a few drivers, a few drivers who were not working, but who were ready to come with us mm. at that time. And at least there was a DOT. We could put the insurance in it and then run. Got you. And so they, you, they had some better chassis too, like five or six, but very old chassis. Very old chassis. So you had five or six chassis. So you had yeah. a little bit of equipment. Yeah. Um, you had a few drivers that yeah. were there. Yeah. And no, anybody working in the office or? There's a one, uh, the girl, her name is Charity. Okay. She worked as a, a dispatcher, as a tournament manager. She was only here in the office. So you guys came in and who came up with that number, 10 grand? Who came up with that price to buy the business for 10 grand? Is I that think just, that's a negotiation. That's you just, you, you so, offered them that or? Yeah, what happened was with that 10 grand, we had an office, we had a few computers, few furnitures, a DOT number mm -hmm. um and then kind of like a setup for us right to begin with you know and they transitioned yeah. everything over to you guys over ownership. to us yes okay so, all right and then i think they didn't have a good record i mean they didn't have no hrcp like chassis set up with the pool uh, we had to do that later and then the company didn't have a, a good prestige around here either so there was money to dmb we had to pay that there was money to port we had to pay that. We had to clean a lot of mess. How much money did you end up spending trying to clean up the mess that they had made with their business after spending that 10 grand? Uh, looking at the chassis and everything, I think 20, 30 grand, very easy. I think uh, they have a lot of the ship line payments, like, like the FMCC. Yeah. I think we are close to spend like a 100K. Like 100K? Yeah. To come and kind of clean everything clean up? Clean everything. All right. So, and, go ahead. And then at the same time, the <clears throat> pandemic hit. Right. Yeah. Nothing. At the we same can. exact time. Yeah. Whatever money we had, we put it in this business. Buy, buy trucks. Like, like we have now rent we need to pay. We have few employees that we need to pay. Everything is tough. Our trucks are sitting in the yard. We have like monthly, what they call installment for it's the truck. He had three trucks by that time. I had two and we had few other owner operators, <coughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. The very first time we had four and then we slowly... I started hitting the honor operators. We had like six, I believe, six or seven, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Everything was just tough until May 2020. So we just had to put money from our pocket. Right. Until right. May. And we were kind of broke. All the credit card I have, they were like full. His credit card, they were full, full. too. Okay. We use a credit card. <laughs> credit card. Now Personal we, credit card. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Max, we, max them out. Go ahead. Finish. Max out. Yeah. I think 
the money we had in the bank that was already finished yeah now we start using credit card for all the payments and everything okay Until so what okay so in terms of are, are you guys even operating yet so you buy you take on all of this this truck these chassis these employees do you have any work what what's what are you guys doing to make money at this point so dmb was closed at that time we need a plate first for our trucks yep the dmb was closed yeah. shut down couldn't do yeah. nothing Trying to reach FMCSC, there were like two hours, three hours long waiting. No answer. The first thing we stuck was the previous company had some issues with DMB that we had to clean up. Like they didn't pay something, some kind of problem. They didn't file a IFTA or they didn't pay. So we didn't know all about this regulation and all that in the beginning. So we thought, hey, $10,000, we have office, we have company, everything, we put the insurance, we're good to go. The later on, when we jump in, we find out all these like IFTA, <coughs> um, the plates, FMCSA, insurance thing, and all that, like port, all these regulations. And we find out as as soon as we start finding out, like we solve one problem, next day there's another one. We solve another one, next day there's another one. We just come into the office trying to fix it. We didn't even have it out lunch for like almost two months. Yeah. One Red Bull, some kind of bread, just a little bit, that's all. Go right. home and right. come here in this office, 6 o'clock every day, do nothing all day long, trying to reach out to people and try and do it. And a lot of people not going to believe you when in the beginning. Pandemic, truck sitting on the yard, nothing is going on, there's no plate, and not, not many people want to believe either, you know. Right, right. That's how we're like. So what are the drivers doing at this point? Are they just like waiting for you guys to waiting do something? Guys, yeah. They're like, okay, are you, yeah. they're like waiting for some work or whatever the case may be? Yeah. Okay. Few, few of the drivers, they wait for us. So we, on the, that part, we are very fortunate. Yeah, we are very, very fortunate on that part. So, so you guys kind of told them, hey, listen, guys, we're getting things together. Um, just just hold up. Just give us a second to kind of clean up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And um, and when we get it together, we'll call you back and then we'll get the work going. Yeah. And I think another sorry. reason is that... <laughs> sorry. Sorry. The, another go. reason... Is that there was no work either for them. Right. Pandemic. There was no work, period. Yeah. So everything was, was at a standstill. Yeah. For the most part. Right. Okay. All right. So let's talk about how we start getting this company up and running, how we start going. So now you guys have. I forgot to. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 good. I forgot to mention one uh, gentleman name on this time, how we get this company. Okay. Uh, this company we get from Mr. Joe Brother. Okay. His name is Ron. Uh, he introduced about this company. Ah, okay. And so Joseph, Joseph's brother kept, comes yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. yeah, my brother was a terminal manager for another trucking company, and yeah. they needed help, so he helped them where he could. So he was downstairs. Downstairs, his company. He was downstairs. Yeah. Oh, there's another part. Okay. So my second truck was leased to that company. Yeah. Ah. His brother company. His brother company. Okay. Fizzy found that out, and then we pick up truck. I think it was Sunday morning. Again. From Excel Truck Group, yeah. he he drove that truck. I was sitting inside and bring that truck to this yard. Okay, the placards and everything. That's how we met uh, Mr. Ron at BBT Logistics. Yeah. Okay, they're not here anymore, but they were here at the time. And he kind of told PZ that hey, upstairs they're trying to sell a company. I think they're about to close. No, before that they told me that hey, where are you from? His brother yeah. asked me. I would say I'm from Nepal. Where is Nepal? Is it? It's Asia. Side right. by it's, India. Yeah, it's side by India, you know. So he said, hey, we have Indian people in the side. I said, you know, the uh, the Indian and Nepali people have a very much similarity on the food, culture, yeah. language. language. Yeah. Uh, we pretty much understand the Indian language. So I said, let's go. 
Got you. Yeah. Okay. Now, see, now everything makes sense now. Yes. Okay. Got you. So you guys take over this company. You have a few drivers. You said about three drivers that are like on, right? Yeah. You have a few pieces of equipment. Exactly. And you guys are, it's the pandemic. pandemic. All right. So everything's kind of at a standstill. Everything's shut down. Like a hand right? lock. Got you. Now, Joe comes in because he had, now I understand how Joe comes in because he has a relationship through your brother. So he's kind of with you guys, but not with you guys, but with you guys, right? Like, yeah. you kind of, yeah. in the picture, like, hey, if you guys do something, I got you. I can help you out. All right. Um, what, what's your, tra- your, your ba- background in transportation, Joe? Well, my background in transportation covers a lot of the gamut of anything you want to consider. Everything from line management, equipment control, estimating, uh, surveying. I did an oil spill in Puerto Rico in 93, the Morris J. Berman. I was involved in that. So I've been in the transportation industry since I was 19 years old, which spreads about 45 years. Uh, I was working for another trucking company, uh, doing terminal manager work, of course, the same thing. And I believe at that time, my brother had spoken to them and they were interested for about a year before they actually approached me. I think their consideration was they wanted to be able to have the company running and be able to afford to bring in the employees they needed. And they sat down with me and uh, we came to an understanding and I took the position. I've been here now for about four months. And one thing I would like to say for all your viewers and your listeners, I think it's a very important issue. You know, uh, PG came from Nepal, but PG has got a heart of gold and this man has done a lot of things for people in Nepal. He even got a citation from the government. The Republic of Nepal gave him a citation for all his work wow. in trying to help people. And that's the kind of character that has built this company is that kind of character. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I've been here uh, for, I think, right at about four or five months five now. Months, yeah. Yeah, and um, they've been very good to me. Uh, we, we've, we've moved the company in another direction. A lot of things they lacked in experience. I've been able to help them with, with my background. And so that's, we just kind of merged everything together. It's sort of the chocolate and the peanut butter going together. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, I love that. So yeah. I'm interested in what, what made you feel as though they were a good fit outside of just character because you're kind of taking like a maybe a risk because right. you know these guys don't have a lot of experience but you're kind of entrusting them with your career what made you feel as though they were a good fit for you well you know they were building this company and i mean any company you build the secret to success of a company is and i'm going to be frank about this you got to spend money to make money they were both in a position to say look we're willing to spend a little bit of money to make money uh, we'll put it out there and that was a better fit for where i was the company i was working for uh, I, I don't think you could bought a pencil without trying to get some authorization for it. <laughs> right, okay, right. these guys came at it a different approach, and the their office environment and everything, the amount of people that they wanted to um, bring in, suited my skill sets. Uh, you know, again, I, I've got forty five serious years experience in the marine industry, and even quite frankly, without bloviating myself too much, most people look at my resume will tell you it's very impressive, and I actually did those jobs, so it's not sort of embellished and right, I just right. said yeah I did. so it was it was a good fit for me to come in and really help these guys and and we've got more than just a business relationship here we, we care about each other yeah and they care about the people that are here and that was important to me that we became more than just a number for a company because I've worked for a lot of companies where you've been that that number to the company and you're expendable these guys have made it a lot more personal and have have provided the environment that I really wanted to work in to grow. 
Got you. I love that. All right. So let's talk about the journey uh, after things kind of loosen up a little bit in the on, uh, in pandemic and you guys start getting going. Let's talk about how you build this company now. 40 trucks, right? We talked about yes. that. You guys are far from where you were, but only a year ago. So how did you make that huge leap in such a short amount of time? So I'm talking about how the business started building. If you want to talk, talk, talk to that. You can start, PG. Uh, I think uh, my CEO, my vice president, have a more okay, answer okay. than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can get into it, Sean. So um, May of 2020, we finally were able to talk to DMB and fix all the problem the previous owner had. Like they didn't file the IFTA, didn't pay. We cleaned that up. Finally, we have plates. And then the first, we're trying to get an agency after that. And then they kind, we kind of went ahead, driver did the drug test and all that. I think QFS. QFS. An agency for tire drivers? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we kind of talked to them and then everything was good. Until last moment, I don't know, something happened and they dropped us. Like on the Friday, they were supposed to ship out like ELDs, plates and everything for us. But I don't know, somebody we had in the office had some kind of issue yeah. or something and they kind of didn't believe us because we were new. Yeah. And at the, at the pandemic time and they dropped us at the last moment. Okay. And then after that, we had a gentleman in our office. He was a manager at that time. He approached uh, JFK Logistics yeah. from New York. His name is Mike. And he kind of, he, he was ready to believe us and give us insurance and all kind of administration help. Right. That's how we started with five trucks at that time in the beginning. Okay. So finally, somebody came in to rescue us when we had nothing. Mm. From that five trucks... We slowly start building, working hard every day, getting a good relation with the customer, hiring more drivers. And one thing we did was put that money back in the company all the time. Whatever we make, trying to make it better every day, every day, every day. And slowly we're able to. Uh, we have some other partners from our country. They want to put some trucks in our trucking company. Okay. So, and then seven, eight, nine, ten, okay. slowly, 11, 12, like that. But we had a very hard time finding the loads at that time. Because until July or August, August, ev- August, yeah. everything was slow. slow. It was very, very difficult to find a load. Like, and they were cheap too. The load now we can't get it for two grand. At that time, we were eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars. Right, right. It was very difficult time. So, so how did you go about finding loads? How did you? What did you do to find customers? Can you talk a little about that when when you got started? Like, who was your who was your first customer? Who gave you your first shot? Okay. Um. There was a customer, he's in Lawton right now, Lawton, Virginia. His name is Kumar. He was a customer for the old company too. Okay. I kind of talked to him and I said, hey, we knew we need your help. Right. So he gave us all the loads he had at that time. And then slowly we started with sometimes TQL, these brokers, Lord Match. JB Hunt. Uh, JB Hunt. XPO, like Snyder. XPO, Snyder. We work with the all big company now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but how did you build those relationships? Just kind of cold calling? Like, what were no, you doing I to think build those relationships? What we did was, we worked very, very hard in the beginning. Whatever we did for a customer, we gave our 100% from driving side, drivers, and the, from the office too. So that's how we slowly build it. We did one or two load for these customers. They want to come back and, hey, can you do more? Can you do more? Because you have a very good experience, very good service. And right. that's how they start coming up and they're telling the other customers, hey, these guys are good guys. Right. They're really there. You can approach them anytime. You can call, email or anything. 
What, 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 what does good service look like? Because, right, you're a trucking company, right? So, so what, what do you do to stand out from other trucking companies to, yeah. to where somebody would say, hey, these guys do a really good job for us? Making sure you pull the loads out on time. Like documents, like I mean, PODs and all that on time. Uh, give them a, what they call, like communication-wise, right? Yeah. You have to be very good with them time-to-time communication, like, hey, we pull the load out, it's in the yard. Hey, we're delivering tomorrow, 9 o'clock. If driver is late, let them know in time that driver is, like, two hours late, driver is there. As soon as you get a POD, you want to forward them on time so they don't have to reach you out. Right. You're already there for them. Right, got before you. Before they even ask you. Got you. You're, yeah. you're, you're ahead of them. Yeah. Can, can, can you explain, um, and you're the terminal manager, Joe, so you could probably speak to this. Can you explain, like, how you guys' operation runs uh on a daily basis in terms of like what does a, a day for a driver look like for for your guys you know you go into the port talk about that intermodal for people who don't understand how a business like this kind of runs can you explain that sure sure absolutely um you know we, we have two sets of drivers two classifications you have your local guys and then you have your long run guys obviously the long run guys are going out to kentucky ohio different places regionally then they're going to be tied up for two days on those type of runs. So you get them tied into two days and you work on the local stuff that you've got going on. The guys have to deal with the ports. The ports are very challenging, as you know, be with their delays and their issues. And then we try to keep the communication with the drivers so that we can help them to keep the cargo moving. So if they have issues, we can deal with those issues. Because as we all know, the trucking industry is affected by a lot of things, from the weather to the traffic to the ports to the customers. Everything is a is an is an aspect to the trucking company as far as how we manage things and and how we process stuff. So we have drivers going in and out of the port daily picking up containers. Some of them are dropping them in our lot out here in the back. Some of them are taking them on to their destination. Some loads we have, they go out and they drop them and they pick up an empty and bring it back. We we have different operations with different customers and we, we have two dispatchers currently and we make sure that everybody is sort of working in unison to make sure that we're keeping up with our commitments, our appointments, and, and we're bringing back the equipment that we took out because quite frankly, in this industry, time is money for everything. If you don't pick it up soon enough, they charge you. You don't bring it back soon enough, they charge you. Every day is a cost factor to the customers and to us. And so we try to keep that cost exposure down as much as possible by managing the equipment and having it delivered and then returned back to the port promptly. Typically, the majority of the business we do is line container work. We don't do a whole lot of dry van work. We don't do other work. We do specifically line container work. And it's a very um, um, precarious sort of operation we have because you're trying to meet the needs of the customer and get it to them and back in an expeditious time. And of course, we deal with the associated problems as we get to it. And one thing I will say about these two guys, you know, as part and postal to their operation and why they've grown and how they've been successful. And I said it before, and I, I can't underestimate this. They've taken the money that they're earning from these trucks and they're putting it back into the business. They're buying more trucks. That makes you more money. Buy right. more trucks. That makes you more money. Right. So we have an operation that is growing. And at this day and time, you've seen all the trucking problems in the industry in California and different things. I don't care what anybody says. The biggest problem in our industry is a lack of drivers, a lack of trucking companies to move this freight. That's where the real problem is. We got plenty of ships. We got plenty of ports. 
but we don't have the drivers and we don't have the trucks. They shut down during COVID and now we're dealing with a backlash of that. So virtually none of the companies now really doing what you would call sales because people are begging you to take stuff. I mean, it's <laughs> right. how much do you want? Right. And the rates have started to go up because, I mean, quite frankly, fellas, if we look at this previous before drivers in this industry, look, if you made 50K a year, you were doing good. And quite frankly, I don't think that's that very much money. That's got to cover your expenditures and you're gone a lot of times. So right. we have a low profitability and a job that is very dangerous. You're on the road every day. So slowly but surely, those rates are starting to go up. We're we're paying it to the drivers to make sure they're compensated for what they do. And that's our whole process of, of getting the equipment to the customer and back and doing it safely. Got you. Typically, how many loads a day are your drivers are your drivers pulling who do, do the local operation? Well, we've got about 40 trucks. And so it depends on local and long distance drivers. But I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20 to 30 loads a day we're moving. Got you. Uh, you know, you're going to have people out of work and trucks that are down. It, you're going to have a gamut of problems you have to deal with. And that's the nature of a trucking business. And, and you know, you said something before, it's sort of chaotic that you get in the trucking business when it's fraught with problems. It's right. fraught with issues. It's amazing. These guys have done what they have in this kind of environment. When you start looking at trucks breaking down, drivers that get in wrecks and they want to fire them, or drivers that have license issues, you can't hire them to begin with. It's a, it's a, it's a business that's feeding against itself in many respects, no doubt. Right. And you and the majority of your guys are driving your trucks, right? You know, you're not, yes. you don't really leave on many people, right? We have like a 10 trucks that are on operator. About 10, but you 10. have like almost 40 that is yeah. yours. Yeah. What what's, what makes a decision for you to run more of your own trucks as opposed to leasing on other people onto your authority? Well, I mean, quite frankly, we would take on any driver that wants to come work. And this is for those folks that want to work at Blue Dolphin. <laughs> Please come work for us. We'd okay. be happy to have you here. But what I'm saying is, is that I would take on 100 owner operators that come in and have their own trucks. They make money. We make money. We get our our freight moved. Right. Um, we want to keep our trucks busy, but we try not to disseminate too much on that issue because we want to be fair to the owner operators that they're getting the fair share of these moves. I wouldn't want to give owner operators, you know, the trash business and save them for our trucks. We really don't have an operation like that. Our operation is designed to meet the customer's need, whether they're driving our trucks or they're driving an owner operator truck. We're looking at the aspect of getting the cargo again to the customer and back to the port, the empties back to the port or vice versa. And and that's moreover how our operation is, is is structured. We don't have a specific issue where we go, okay, this is an owner operator. We won't give him these kind of business. We give him every load that the owners of these uh, trucks get every day. Got you. In terms of uh, you, the guys who work for you, your employees, in, in, in terms of compensation, we talked about earlier, like, you know, $50,000 not being a lot of money. Like, how are you How are you competing in this market in terms of paying your drivers? And how are you, is your pay a part of what's retaining your drivers? Is, is that the main thing that keeps your drivers working for you? What, what would you say to that? Well, different companies are structured financially different. Mm -hmm. A lot of your companies, they're structured where they pay a 70%, a 75% to the driver, and then they break down the funds on the FSC and the other charges. We base them at a split with the drivers. We, we don't have that kind of issue. And these guys know driving. They, they understand transportation. These guys didn't come into this from executive levels. 
P.G. Drovachuk, he's right. been out there. So they want to see these guys make money. It's important for us to make money. I, I, one of the comments I need to share with you is one of the guys I knew who drove for another company, he did some side work for us as well when I worked for another company, he came through the door one day and I said, how do you like working here? And he said, I love working for these guys. And I said, what about it do you love? Now, don't kid yourself, it's the money, okay? It's the money. <laughs> right. And he said, you know, I've made more money working for these guys than I've made working for anybody. And I said, that's really good. And he said, and they got me some detention the other day. And I said, that's great. Three or $400 in detention is always a plus. And he looked at me and he goes, no, it was like $1,400 in detention. I went, $1,400? And he said, yeah. Um, these guys are getting the drivers paid for what they do. And that's one of the philosophies I have with all the employees. I don't want you doing anything for free. Right. We're not that company. You work, you get paid for what you do. These guys, I've seen them time and time again sacrifice money. We had a guy that came in here was just doing local runs for us. And uh, it turned out PG told him, you're going to make $1,000 a week. We're going to make sure you make a thousand dollars a week. The guy came in here, and of the runs he had made, he only made eight hundred dollars. And PG looked at the billing clerk and said, "Pay him a thousand dollars because that's what he needs to make a week." Mm. That's the kind of people they are. That's why I'm here. Exactly. I love that. I love the very first day a driver comes in, we tell them up front, "We're not going to waste your time, and you're not going to waste our time either. Even if you're not making good money, we'll give you what is the fair price when you work five days a week." Two years a week. If we don't have a load and he's staying in the yard, we'll take care of him. Right. Like Mr. George just told you like $1,000 thing. That's how we take care of them. Anywhere our drivers on our to go, they feel like that money is not enough. When they come back to us, we, we add to that and then just give it to them. Just yeah. keep them happy. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. What has been the most difficult part of your journey outside of, you know, just getting started? Once you guys got up and running, give me some challenges that you guys had early, uh, early in starting the business. In the beginning, drivers. Very, very difficult part. Yeah. Was the drivers in the beginning. How, what did you do to turn that around? So uh, the part of the reason we have our own trucks is that the kind of equipment our operator would bring here. And now we have like newer trucks, 16, 17, one, one is 18, otherwise 19 and 20, 20 Fredliners. These are good and better equipment rather than we have in the market. Most of them like 20, 2005, 6, 8, old trucks. All of our trucks are Fredliner and automatic. So okay. I think that's the part of the region we were able to attract more and more drivers every day. Got you. So so new equipment. Um, are there any other things that you think uh, it helps you attract good drivers or more drivers? On this bike, stories from the Stories from the On this bike. Okay. Um, we have. I think we have PZ's teacher who taught PZ how to drive. He's here now. Ah. Okay. Yeah. His teacher. Uh, we trying to What's get. What's his role? Um. He was the teacher for him, how to drive. And no, 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 I'm saying what's his role here, though? He's a driver. Oh, he's he, driver, work, he yeah. works here. Yeah. So he's like a lead driver? Uh, no, he's still a uh, company driver. Okay, he he company driver. driver. He okay. And uh, yeah, one of the experienced drivers we have. Got you. So, so does he? Does he like kind of help out with some I of the other drivers? I, I, yeah, I'd like to add a little bit yeah, to yeah. this because yeah, I think yeah. this is something that's very important. Yeah, I think it speaks a lot to who these guys like, are. But this guy that works for us, he's he's one of our drivers. This is the guy that trained PG in school when he came over. He learned how to drive. Right. And PG will tell you a story about how he was standing outside of McDonald's. He didn't have money to even buy a hamburger. And this guy looked at him and said, PG, why aren't you going in and getting something to eat? And PG said, 
I don't have the money to buy a hamburger. He said, don't worry. He went in and bought him a hamburger. Now that guy works for him. Mm. Okay. Because that's the kind of person he is. That's the people that he wants to attract. That's the reason we're bringing in people is I think we've got, we're building a good name for ourselves. These guys are putting the money back in the company. They've hired good management. We're making sure the drivers are being taken care of. And I think if the drivers, the bottom line is the biggest issue is, are you making enough money where you're working at? Are you making the kind of money you think you should make? If you're making the kind of money you think you should make, you're going to be happy with what you do because you can afford to live like you feel like you should live. Right. These other companies are, you know, they nickel and dime the drivers over every little penny. We don't, we don't ask them to bring in receipts for tolls. We don't nickel and dime them on different little things going on. The drivers here make good money. And we haven't had to go out and do any solicitation because the best solicitation we could have is word of mouth from our drivers. Yeah. And if anybody asks me about coming to work here, that's the first thing I tell them. I work for the company. I'm management here. Ask one of our drivers what they will tell you. Right. Ask them. Right. And and I'm going to tell you right now, I got guys walking into this door every day by virtue of word of mouth because one guy is working for us. We had a fellow start with us the other day, and he, he was down on his luck. He had um, his own truck, but he had to make a truck payment. The day that man went to work for us, PG wrote him a check for $1,072 to make his truck payment. Mm. The day he went to work for us. Right. That's the kind of faith that these people put in other people, drivers. And I think that's what makes us a much better operation than any of these other trucking companies. Because you're not a number, a corporate number somewhere. You're a person to these people. Yeah. And they value your service. We're making plenty of money off of what they do. We don't need to nickel and dime these guys to death. They need to make good money when they go home. Yeah. Has that level of, I guess, faith in people ever backfired on you? In in other words, being so kind, being so giving, helping people out, trusting people, has it backfired on you in any event to where it's like you tried to help somebody, but they didn't they didn't return the favor? Yeah. So many. So many. So many of them. Whole lot, yeah. So so I have a in my diary. I have a lot of people who take my money, but they're not back here. Thousand. Yeah. So so when that happens, does yeah. that make you want to continue being that same kind of person? How do you deal with that? You know, when you're doing positive things, when you're doing kind things for other, uh, the God will be sending the good people. Mm. So we believe on that. Gotcha. If you help for other. So God will be sending you when you have a difficult time. So some good people are sent to you. Right. That's how it works. And you know, the main thing I think is very good for your audience, for your listener who listening to these sportscasts or watching this sport. I think, you know, the people want to be an entrepreneur. They want to be successful in the overnight. But the entrepreneurship or business is not the overnight process. It's a long process. And it's have a lot of up and down in their life. So now I'm a 40 plus. When I was in my native country, I think I started start doing a business in the, the age of 20, but I never succeed. Every time I fail. Now I'm not in the after four decades of my life, now I'm I'm going to be the process of success. Yeah. Right. So it takes time. But people want overnight. Yeah. That not work. Yeah. And another thing is you have to be keep relations and maintain with the people for a long term. People want relation in the short term. If, there, if I don't get any benefit from Joe, the people say, hey, 
take out right but that not work you have to keep her even if some part of the joe is i don't like but i say no one day joe is very helpful for me mm. i have to be attached with him right like you remember that you don't forget what he did for you yeah. yeah yeah his brother his brother helped in the beginning time we have very good relation with his brother so whenever in the beginning time we need to know anything about this industry we go to his brother we say hey ron we don't know this can you help us right so his brother was so kind so one day i think one year before we asked him hey ron i think we are growing uh, we need some uh, dispatcher or tournament manager do you anybody so he suggests us mr joe yeah one year before but we are thinking no now we can't be afford to hire some people right right, right. so we are still hold and after one year so we say no this time i think we can afford so now we approach mr john bring him that's, that's a great i'm glad you said that yeah. because i wanted to kind of talk about that you guys grew very fast yeah in one year yeah you went from four trucks to 40 how how do you know when it's time to grow when, when is it is there is there ever a point to where it's you you're growing too fast or what do you look at to say all right it's time to buy more trucks or it's time to hire more people what are the things that you guys are thinking about when you start making those kind of decisions in your business can you explain me the definition of entrepreneurship become a new business person yeah you want me to explain it yeah. entrepreneurship yeah. to me entrepreneurship in the very simple term is doing uh adding value to people right creating something that adds value to people that is going to solve some type of problem right and in and in the pursuit of that uh you get to benefit right because that that that's yours you created that so everybody wins you solve that problem for somebody and you solve a a, a yearning desire within yourself because that's what you, what you wanted to be that's like the two sides of entrepreneurship that's what i would say in my point of view is very simple if you know the reason after 25 years what's going on you have to figure out now then you become entrepreneur okay if you plan on the present you can't be success now my job i'm, I'm not doing anything on this office because we have a team now now completely we are working on the system so i'm my job is in my desk i'm sitting and i'm planning for the 25 years where we go in the 25 years Mm. how how we take this company to the next level that's my job now got you got you so planning for the future future build building something that will last for forever ever so that's what it's about so so when you when you think about it you're saying okay every move i make is is for the future um check check that camera right there i just never heard a shutter um so 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 that's that's what comes first for you how how can we build the future of this business so when so okay so that's that's good but pe- when when people start businesses they think about those things like you said do i have enough money right cuz like you said when joe first came into the picture you were like joe's a good guy but can we afford joe exactly right so what happened for you to know that now we can afford Joe now we can afford other people cuz you have 14 people working in this office. It's not a small operation, right? In addition you have your drivers. How many drivers? We have a 42, 44, 40 like 42, yeah. 44 yeah. drivers, right? So that's a bunch of people. Now the drivers obviously they pay for themselves because they're generating income. Okay. Other people you could just be like, oh, I don't necessarily need 14 people cuz you know, Sean, you could probably do 
two or three things in PG. You could do probably five in Joe. You could probably do six in. We could get rid of some of these guys to keep more money. How do you, why are you investing so much in people? That's what I'm, and, and how did you know you were ready to do that? Did, did you make a certain amount of money? What, what, what was the thing that says, now we're ready to, to, to build this company? Here is the thing. My statement is sound weird, right? When and I when I deliver some speech, people say this guy is really crazy. <laughs> but I'm talking about the, after 25 years. I'm damn sure when you come after two years or after four years back to interviewers, we are taking this company to next level. Mm. I think we are hiring more people, not 14. I think next month, uh, Apple daughter is coming, mm. definitely joining our team. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a dream. My brother and I have a dream. At least I want my company that 200 to 500 people work in the office. Mm. That label of company, we're going to build this company. In the office. Office. Got you. So you, you, you guys want to compete with the C.H. Robinsons of the world. So the, the, we want to be bigger than the yeah. C.H. Robinsons of the world. And I'm going to tell you right now what you don't know about PG. At some point in a business, every business has taken risk. Yep. And PG is willing to accept the risk levels that he has with what we're doing. That's why they're putting the money over into this company. And you're talking to us today. Um, I think, like you says, in the next two years, we're going to be a much different operation. We're going to be larger. But I will say this. I believe that they will be humble to their roots and mm. treat people with decency and make sure the drivers are always getting paid to do what they do. Got you. Got you. What about diversifying your business? I know you guys are, you know, in intermodal now. Ha have you given thought to diversifying, doing other things? I mean, what other things are you looking at? Other niches in transportation? What what other things interest you? Cloud, cloud. That's the guy who doing cloud for us. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. I think um, at this point, after like we're probably gonna have fifty truck very very soon. We pro mostly buying a one truck a week or two trucks a week like that. So we're going to be reaching 50, 60 trucks very, very soon. After that, we're probably going to want to have our own yard where this is a rented place right now. Right. So we probably want to have our own yard, a mechanic shop, and all the equipment, like whatever we need for the trucks. We probably want a small shop in there so we can fix our trucks and everything. That's... We'll, that will be our next goal. That'll be the start. So, yeah, so and then we probably want to have our... Like an insurance company, how would you, I want to say that? So like now we have a Blue Dolphin Transport, right? Mm -hmm. And we just registered the company Blue Our Dolphin brokers. Logistics. Yeah. That's the brokerage, right? And thereafter, we're going to start another company called Blue Dolphin Group. In the top of the umbrella, we're going to put the Blue Dolphin Group. Business and that's Blue Dolphin Transport, that are Blue Dolphin Logistic. And therefore, I think the next 2022, we have a plan to start a Blue Dolphin uh, Real Estate. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's the nice thing. Real estate also. Yeah. So whatever we make money from here, we're going to put buying house, like a 300, 400K house. We're buying on the cash and put on the rent. Gotcha. And renovate it and flip it and put on the house. So you got, and, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Sean. Yeah, I think our plan is intermodal, drive van, real estate. Not sure how it's going to work out. It's too early, but we are very interested in insurance too. Gotcha. Like insurance. Year. Yeah. So you thing. you guys have a vision, yeah, and and a twenty five year vision to make Blue Dolphin pretty much you know 
a big umbrella with multiple companies underneath the Blue Dolphin umbrella. Sooner we're going to be acquisitioned a lot of company on this area. Yeah. We're going to take over a lot of intermodal company in the future. Wow. And then also we really, really want to our terminal in like Savannah, Charleston, Charleston. South Carolina like that so that Houston, we can Dallas. Houston, Texas so that we can serve our customer even better, you know. The same customer we can use here, we can use in the other terminals too. How many customers do you guys have? We have a lot of customers. A lot of customers? Yeah. Would you all, say I mean, more than 100? Yeah, more than 100. In our hand. Yeah. What, what was that, PG? All the bigger customers okay. in the market. Yeah, the market you guys work with all the big, all the, all yeah, the big guys. Companies, yeah. Yeah. Got you. If, we you, work if for you know Lowe's. any bigger customer, just ask with the Blue Dolphin. Got you. They, they know who you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, have helped the Lowe's, uh, Dollar Tree, Right Aid, Lennox, yeah. companies like that. Yeah. yeah we helped we them in the past. I mean, it, it's really amazing to me, like, like when I just think about, you know, just just being from this country, you know, you guys came over here from Nepal, you know, barely being able to speak this language. Yeah. And you guys are able to, you know, jump into this business and just fearlessly, like no fear. Like, where does that come from to where you guys are just like willing to just go all in and just know? Because, I mean, as I sit here and talk to you, I believe you. I don't think you're just talking. I think you really believe what you're telling me. And based on your results and past performance of the last year, I can't, why wouldn't I believe you, right? Mm. You guys are moving. What is that inside of both of you that's making you say, that 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 makes you so sure that you can do this? And what is it that people need to find within themselves to be able to do the same thing? Because we have a different level of energy. We have a, see, Sean and my chemistry, Joe chemistry is a great chemistry. We can compete anybody in this industry. In the now, in my eyes, I don't see any trucking companies bigger than us. Mm. And I'm damn sure we're gonna beat this all this U.S. Snyder, J.B. Hunt. <laughs> we're gonna beat. That's them. our goal. Yeah, that's your goal. Yeah. I, I can see when I said you're gonna be like you know you compete with C. You said no, 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 not competing. We're, we're taking them out. We're, yeah. we're, we're being the biggest. Yeah. That's our goal. Yeah. And when you set your, 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 your eyes on the, on the stars, you're going to at least touch the clouds. Touch the clouds. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what I love about this story. I love that you guys are so, you know, um, driven, man. It's, is is really, really cool. Um, man, wh- I, I think that's, that's, that's a perfect place to start kind of wrapping this story up. I want to, on this show, we always make sure we give a final thought. Right. That's that's a part of the show. So our final thought is just something that we want to leave the audience with, Um, you know, whether it's something spiritual, entrepreneurial, whatever you think they could take away. Right. PG gave a few already. PG's been going in. (laughs) He's been going in. Um, So let's do that. And then I want you to let everybody know where they can. Learn more about you. I know. I know you guys want more drivers. I know you guys want more. You know, people to work with you to help build this this company. You guys are building a real company, and you want more team members to help you in this in this effort. So, where can people find out more about your company and and figure out where they can help if they want to add value? And then the final thought. So, let's start with uh, let's start with that. Where can people reach out to you to learn more about Blue Dolphin and what you guys are doing? Is the website, so forth and so on. Yeah, our website is under construction right now. Okay. Uh, the guy from uh, based in Europe, the company in the Europe, 
we are giving them to to build the our the website the right website. now. Okay. I think we're gonna be build very big website. It's bigger than the the Chikul, XPO, JBN. We're watching closely all these website. Right. And we're making more. Right. Better, better than their website and now you know in the market if you look there's a lot of the uh the trucking applications they use by the trucking company like a uh, tmx port pro we're using a port pro there's a tmx there's like a port logistic there's a lot of applications so now we are working to make our own applications sooner right i think within a two three months the ron is working on that. your own kind of yeah. smart application applications. got you yeah and the future we're going to uh, build our own cloud so like uh, we have when we have a term in the charleston when we have a term in the jackson florida when we have a term in the houston when we have a term in the dallas so all this connected with the networking in the icloud so ron is working on that Mm, got you. So, basically so, so you guys a, are making all this money. You ain't got a website up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want a better no. website. That's I the mean, nah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, but it, you don't really have to. Is you yeah. know, I, I'm just. It's just funny that like you guys do it. It's like we're working on a website. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But guys, I think we've been so 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 busy. Busy and working. Yeah, yeah, working and adding more trucks, adding more drivers. We don't even just hire Bro, anybody. Can you show him the little bit of the website? In, right? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll take a look at the website yeah, that's yeah, being yeah, built. Yeah. And then the other, I think the part of the reason why we're here is the team we have, even with the drivers, right? We don't have just anybody working and, hey, I want a job. We want to talk to them. We want to get their background and all that and how they want to make money, whether they're wasting our time or not. Right. We want to make sure everything. And then we'll go ahead and hire. We're just not going to hire like anybody comes in and, hey, you here, just take the truck and drive. Yeah, we yeah. We do that. What's the size of your business? You guys, eight-figure business? Yeah, we do our own million dollar a month right now. Million a month? Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. I, I take a million a month. Yeah. Yeah, we had a we had a slow month, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we had a slow now Ram no things are gonna get better, Ram, of no, course. For your listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wanna be big, dream big. Mm. Dream big, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the final be thought. Big, dream big. If dream you wanna big. be big, dream big. That's like right. That. And that's take a real statement like that. Think big, dream big. That's right. That's right. the right word. <laughs> Think big, dream big. Blue and, dolphin. Yeah, yeah and, and you yeah. really need to plan ahead proper way. You know, like Sometimes people say, well, you have 14, 15 people in the office just for 50 trucks. You just need three. But we, we're building a team, backing up a team. You know, We have one layer of team and there's another team who's getting ready whenever we need. So we're getting the people ready for like, when you have 60 trucks, you need more people. But we have already people being ready, being trained. I'm 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 inspired yeah. by that because I I mean that's something I I even struggle with in my own businesses mm -hmm. like you know I, we don't need all these people yeah. you know we could just uh, we, we I could do that and you're right you have to build a team around you in order to have success and I, I mean I love it that you guys are betting on yourselves and betting on your people and one thing I keep on hearing you saying is people the people around you and it's like you you guys relationship looks is just so like organic. It's weird. It's almost like I feel like I'm in like the twilight zone. Like, man, I got, how did you got, you guys have built like such a culture. Like you guys all believe in each other. Even when I connected with Joseph, all Joseph did was just tell me like how great you guys are. Like he's like, like he was speaking about himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you speak about him, you talk about how his brother helped you. It's like, you guys really have love for each other and you guys are building a culture within this, within this business that's going to I think going to be the main catalyst for what's going to propel you to the top. Yeah. If you if you're able to keep that yeah. culture, because obviously as you get bigger, 
you start having bad actors and people come and can damage it if you let people disrupt your culture. But if you can keep this culture, I think sky is the limit because that's what I think I is missing from a lot of these sure. big companies is they don't they don't keep the culture. People don't love and enjoy coming into work. They don't want to be there. They're just there to get a paycheck. And if you could have a culture where people love what they do, you 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 can't be beat. You know, exactly. and I think that's what you guys are building. I think that's so so important. And, um, and, and you know, today is a weekend, right? If you come on my office on the weekdays, you see here, my people are so busy here. The, the whole staff is yeah. so busy. Yeah. Are so busy on the weekdays. Yeah. And you guys took me around the office. I saw the uh, the stand up desk. And yeah. this is another thing. They were showing me like how they invest in their in their in their uh, employees. Every desk is a stand up desk. They have like the little. Uh, push button that you know where it goes up and goes down you know invested in their physical health all the keyboards all the computers everything state-of-the-art and they told me how important it is for them to make sure that they get everything top of the line like no cutting corners you know no so i i think that's something that if, if if there's anything we take away from that from this other than they've built an amazing business it's like you have to invest in your people yeah. you really have to invest in your people yeah. and and you may not see it you know, monetarily right away, but in the long run, you're going to see it. Exactly. It's going to pay dividends, you know? So, None of us will have to go out for lunch. We bring the food here and everybody's eating yeah. every day. Yeah. So nobody's going out. Now you brought this up. I have to tell you this. Yeah. When they hired me, PG goes, Joe, uh, I fixed a little bit of lunch in the office. We'll invite you to have lunch with us. And I thought, oh, okay. Maybe once in a while he's fixing lunch for folks. I came to this company with $20 in my pocket to buy my lunch. That $20 is still in my pocket. (laughs) They fix lunch for us every afternoon. They bring in food. I bring in food. We all eat. We all share lunch together. You're right. We're bigger than just a business here. We're a family here. And we're a team here. And the people are important to us. Everybody's important. And nobody gets treated any different when we sit down to eat lunch here. I may not eat first. Or somebody else may not eat first, but we care about each other. And and I got to say right now, they've saved me a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> it's all about the money. No, I got it, man. So in the past, when we have like 17, 18, up to 20 drivers, we used to call them on home. And we can do a barbecue party for them. Mm. We can't do it anymore, like 50, 60 people. So <laughs> right. We can't do it, but right. we used to do that for our drivers too. Right, right, right. Nah, man. And we keep it as a family, the whole place. You know, it's not like corporate, like this rule, that rule. We want to put this rule on. We don't do that. We're very flexible on everything. You know. Yeah. Driver, anybody need any kind of help, advance. They want to buy a house. They want to buy their own truck. Anything they want to do, they're welcome to come to us and get an advance check. I, they want I, to deduct. Like they are making less yeah. money, they deduct less. They make more money, they can pay us more. Right. That's how we I, do. I will with tell everybody. you. I will add this to this conversation. Because typically companies that I've worked for, when they say, we'll give you money, it's sign this form and we're going to charge you this much to give you money. This is what our interest rate is. I'm telling you right now, they don't. They just give you the money. There's no interest on it. There's no nothing. Now, of course, they're being paid back by the drivers that are working for us, but that's the commitment they're making to their people. And that makes the difference with why we've grown as fast as we have and why we're going to continue to grow. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Believing in people. A hundred percent, man. People are the priority. What's up? He does. 
<laughs> he does. Serving the food to your employees. Yep. Every day. Every day. He prepared lunch and for every all day, 14 people. He'll vacuum the floor yep. here, and I'm like, uh, well, there's a janitor. Have you seen the president? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. He would call like one or two people at a time. That's, we have like a small cafeteria over there at the corner. He called two people at a time, and everybody will have lunch. He will make sure everybody eat lunch here in the office. Every single every day. day. Yeah. Every, every day. single day. I'm I'm serious. The twenty dollars, I'll show it to you after this is over, but it's been in my pocket. Oh man. Wow, man. That's that's amazing, man. You know, salute to you guys, man, yeah. for building. Even if somebody nice. wanna buy a coffee, like yeah. lunch, pizza, we don't wanna have them spend their money. We just give our car. Bring them in, everybody drink it. Yeah, like well, yeah. I, well, I, I know because the first thing you told me was, hey, we going to dinner after yeah. this. And, <laughs> you know, you, you got you okay? You need somewhere to stay? It's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm good, but, you know, I'll take it, you know? <laughs> nah, man, you you guys, are, uh, it's dope. Why is it? I got, like, lotion in my I, I don't know if I'm crying or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, I think it's a great story. I don't, yeah, I think the story is, is, is touching me. I don't know what's yeah. going on. But, um, but, man, guys, salute to you guys for what you're building. Seriously, I'm I'm really like impressed with, you know, I, I came here kind of knowing the story, but just sitting here is even more impressive. So I love it. Um, final thoughts, man. It's PG, give a final thought, man. Let's 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 wrap it up. <laughs> Get out of here. Wow, wipe this stuff out of my eye. I don't know what's going on. Go ahead. You know the turning point of our uh, company grow. I make a one guy. Uh, his name is Mr. Ernest Brown. He's my teacher, and. I think I make him a relation like a four years. <coughs> and when I was fired from the company called uh, Melton, the flatbed company, and uh, I choose one company here is a local company is a very good big company. His name is Givens Trucking Company. Okay. So I apply for that job, trucking company. <clears throat> they those company hired the recently graduate student, and Mr. Ernest Brown was a trainer over there. So Mr. Ernest Brown trained me like a uh, one and a half month. On that time, literally, I don't have a money in my house. I start this company from a zero. You know, when you you have a lot of contact with the U.S. Express driver, right? Over the road driver. Yeah. When they recently graduate from a driving school, when they go to the over the, the road truck, you know how much they get on the beginning. Fifty dollar in my time. Now is I think is now seventy dollar. Right. Wow. When you go with the trainer, they give you seventy dollar a per day, right? So on the five day, how much you get? Seventy into five. How much? Three thirty three hundred fifty dollars. Three hundred fifty dollar. So in the beginning, I make a three hundred fifty dollar a week. So how much I make on the month? Fourteen hundred, right? So my apartment rent was eight hundred dollar. So I have to pay the water bill, right? I have to pay the electricity bill. I have to pay the internet bill, right? Yeah. So car, all the insurance. Yeah. So how much that. I left? Zero. Zero. Right. <laughs> Negative. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was believing in myself that one day I will reach on that that point. My wife, she was in a home because I have a two daughter. My elder daughter was two years. My youngest daughter was just born seven, eight days, right? So she not be able to go work, right? So only the I'm the person who gonna be bring the revenue in my house, right? So I make like a three hundred fifty dollar a week, and you know when you was in the over the road, you can't make a food, right? You have to buy from the 
truck stop and you know the regular the the food you buy in the walmart on the truck stop is more expensive right every truck stop have a double the price right so every day i spend like a i make 70 dollar that time i have a, only 50 dollar so 15 to 5 days how much 15 in the five days 250 dollars 250 dollar in the four in the four weeks how much thousand dollars my apartment fee was a 755 right and after internet bill phone bill literally i don't save any money i was completely deaf but i asked with the his other brother help little i share but i believe that one day i will make a lot of money so i pay my all the debt and you know when i was with the trainer in the over the road they gave me 50 dollar and i buy one subway on the day and you know the cheapest subway is like a 6.99 and i when i go to the subway store so everybody put little bit uh vegetables and the you know i say hey put more put more and i make my subway like a bigger size because <laughs> i don't have money right <laughs> so i tell them I put, put the cut and they you know the one full survey it's seven dollar and cut half and half part i will take on the my breakfast and lunch and half part i eat on the my dinner because mm. i can't afford wow wow that's crazy man um i have i don't have any vacations i don't have any i never been to the outlet mall But now I can afford anything. I can afford to yeah, go yeah. any vacation now. A perseverance, determination. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. I was fired from a US Express. I was fired from a company, Melton. I was fired from the company called Givens. Uh, I was fired from the company called TTSI because my truck was rollover. But I believe in myself. Every time I fall down, try to walk. Every time I fall down, try to walk. Mm. Now a million dollars a month. Wow. Crazy, 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 crazy. Sean, you wanna you wanna end with anything, man? Yeah, I just wanna say a few things. Um so part of the reason our success is even though we kind of crushed in the pandemic, the kind of volume in business came after that that helped us a lot. Yeah. In this business because now after August, September, we have as much as work we wanna do right. in the market. Right. That helped us a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we should remember the guy who believed us in the beginning, who gave us provide administration and insurance. His name is Mike from JFK Logistics. Mike Gallagher. Mike really Gallagher. Yeah. Would like to thank to we him. We thank him for that. So he kind of believed. He came to the office and said, "We had nothing." Yeah. Right. Our operation was not working. Nothing was there. But he was. He believed in us. That guy also yeah. a risk taker. Yeah. He take a risk. Yeah. On us. Take a risk on you. Yeah. And see, that's why you guys are going to keep on winning because you don't forget the people who helped yeah. you. And you know that guy from your hometown, New Jersey. He's from Jersey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might know. What's his name? Rick Gallagher? Mike, Mike Gallagher. Mike Gallagher? <laughs> he owns the insurance company too. I think it's called Navsync. <laughs> okay. And then JFK Laws yeah. take. I got I to gotta, yeah. look him up, man. Yeah. I got to look him up. All right, guys. What, what we at? Like an hour and a half we've been rocking? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we've we, we, we been rocking for a bit, man. This has been this has been fun, man. I'm 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 inspired. I, you you guys lit a fire under me. I'm, I, I want to go and do more things now. I want to dream bigger, you know, because if, if you guys can do it, I have no excuse, man. Yep. Yeah. And they have no excuse, right? Anybody watching, you have no excuse, really, literally. 
So, um, yeah, man, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Everybody, guys, we should wrap. We good? We should wrap? All right, cool. So, Hustle Fam, you know what we do around this time. Um, if you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Myself, Sean, PG, Joseph, Blue Dolphin, Transportation, the biggest trucking company in the world. Amen. Soon to be. Soon to be. We are out. Later, y'all. All right. Thank you. That's awesome. a wrap. Thank very, you. very Thank good. You. That was nice. Nice, 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 nice. Dude. Nice, Dude. nice, nice. Good job, guys. Woo. Now, you know one other thing that we didn't talk about, but I do want y'all to know? What's that? PG's wife and him and his kids have stood in food lines from the church when he first came here because they couldn't make it on the money he was making, and now he's a millionaire. Okay? That's crazy. That is crazy. So windy time. Right. When we go to the church for the food, <coughs> so cold. They stood you know, outside in outside, lines. Outside, on the line to get the food. Mm. No, you really had a hard time in the beginning. Really, really had a hard time. He had to leave his wife and a baby. They were pregnant like seven, eight days. That's and tough, man. And especially in a in a in a new country yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you, U.S. You can barely yeah. speak the language. It's like you know you. That's difficult. It's already yeah. difficult for an American to do it, but to do it like I could imagine if I'm in Nepal yeah. and I have to leave my wife along with the baby and and just to make money. You know what yeah, I mean? I would yeah. be. I I couldn't even focus on the work because like you know you're so scared about what's going on at home. Well, I'll tell and you all something. There's a language barrier too. Yeah. Right. You know how we st we struggle to say things right. we can't even say. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you something. He's Rob, the biggest help on When you get a chance, I want you to Google Nepal and I want you to read about these people. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be shocked to find out they're some of the most giving, caring people in the freaking world. Yeah. 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 It just blows me away that the stuff I learned when I came to work for these guys, I sat down and started looking at this and then I watched these guys and they are. Right. They are exactly right. That. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.